What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Orico 99 and also at Ethos Fantasy BB. E-T-H-O-S, Fantasy BB. I've been beating you guys over the head with it all season long, but that's because we have great content coming out there every single day. Please go ahead and check us out over there. If you're not somebody who uses Twitter or X, I hate calling it X, but some people do. If you're not on that site anymore, then you guys can go to sportsethos.com and you get all that same great content. And we're ramping up our other sports as well with baseball dying down. Don't think that we just go away here. Sports Ethos was known for a long time as hoop ball. We were known for basketball, and that's still our bread and butter. That's starting to ramp up. NFL is about a month away, I guess. When does football season even start? Uh, the NFL opening day. It's always something that I forget. I never been able to keep it in my head. Uh, wow, it's actually September 7th. I thought it was a lot longer away than that. Uh, but we are like a week and a half, two weeks away from football. So definitely make sure you guys are checking out all the great stuff that the football team has put together as well over there. Now, today we're going to be talking some weekend streamers. We usually do this heading into the weekend, whether it's on Thursday or Friday. And we're doing it today on Friday, so unfortunately, uh, we're not getting the Friday streamers. Last weekend, we had a shit ton of streamers. I, I think I highlighted 12, and I think there was like 9 or 10 hits in that bunch. It was, a, it was a pretty successful streaming weekend. Now, going over the slate this weekend for Saturday and for Sunday, there's not as many names that I like. <clears throat> we're still going to talk about the options, but I've narrowed it down to four options, two for Saturday, two for Sunday. I realize that these guys are not going to be available in all your leagues, but I'm also not going to go out there and recommend people that I don't have faith in. Uh, I'm not going to just go and say, yeah, these 12 guys are viable streamers if I don't really believe in that. Last week, I did. There was great matchups. There was a lot of widely available pitchers facing subpar offenses, pitchers who were on a roll going into good ballparks, et cetera, et cetera. And there was a lot more players that I felt comfortable with. This weekend, we only have four uh, that I'm going to be highlighting today. So it'll be a little bit of a shorter show, uh, but I'll get you guys off into the weekend. You don't have to listen to my voice for too much longer this week. So let's start off with Hun Jin Ryu. The dude has pitched to a 1.9 ERA thus far, which I know is not really sustainable for him, but we're looking at three straight scoreless outings, at least outings where he's not allowed an earned run, because I think there was a couple runs he allowed, two earned runs, or excuse me, two runs uh, he allowed last time out against Cincy, but it was still five innings of technically shutout ball. If you're looking at the fantasy ledger, five innings, he got the win, seven Ks, did not allow a run. He's up to 51% rostered in Yahoo leagues, but I think there's a lot of leagues where you're still going to be able to find Hyunjin Ryu. I've also seen some people talk about how, I mean, we're kind of past the point of being able to sell people. I don't know if any leagues, I mean, there's definitely some leagues, but the vast majority uh, have kind of shut down their trading for the year. Some people were saying that you should sell high on Ryu, and I definitely understand the sentiment. He has been outperforming those advanced metrics, and when you're pitching with an ERA in the ones, that's just going to be how it works because no one's going to really be pitching with an ERA in the ones unless you're maybe a reliever having a great one-off here. That's not the case with Hyunjin Ryu. He's got a 189 ERA. XFIP is a three, or excuse me, X ERA is 345. His FIP is 316. His XFIP is 395. And if you go down and look at the Sierra, it's 441. So he's definitely outrunning those metrics. I think he can outrun him a little bit longer, though, specifically heading into this matchup against Cleveland. It's a home matchup for the Blue Jays. Cleveland offensively has been a nightmare so far this season. They're 29th in slugging, 27th in OPS, 30th in home runs, 17th in hits per games. Uh, hits per game, I should say, the 26th and run scored per game. They're really uh, not a team that should strike fear into your heart. They're just pretty bad. 
not a lot of power. Not a hell of a lot of swing and miss in that lineup either, but you're not really picking up Ryu for you know his strikeout prowess. He's not somebody that's ever struck out a lot of batters. He's thrown 19 innings this year, 15 Ks for his whole career. Uh, if you're just looking at like strikeout rate, you're looking at 21.7%. And over the last couple of years, that has been a little bit lower. Still good control. Walk rate's usually in the 5 to 6% range. Really good stuff, and the matchup is really good against a Cleveland offense that is pretty dreadful. So... I have no qualms at all about streaming in Hyunjin Ryu. I know he's been out running those metrics. At this time of year, though, you know you can hit a wall at any point. Any pitcher can hit a wall at any time, and there's nothing you can really do about it. But I think with Ryu, especially with the matchups, if he you know if he faces Cleveland here, and I think well, it's only a two game series, so I don't think he'd get a start next time out against Washington. But Toronto is a pretty easy schedule over these next couple of weeks. Uh, let me just pull it up here real quick. So Toronto, they are facing the Guardians right now, and then the Nationals, Rockies, Athletics, and then the Royals before it gets kind of tough to end the year. Rangers, Red Sox, Yankees, Rays, Yankees, Rays. Kind of a tough end. But for the time being, up until you know they're facing the Royals up until the 10th of September, I think you might be able to get two or three good streams in there from Hyunjin Ryu uh, against some pretty poor opponents. So he's definitely somebody I'm looking at for win potential and for some ratio uh, reduction tomorrow. I was going to say tonight, but this is for tomorrow. The other guy that I'm highlighting for tomorrow, and I'm going to get some eye rolls here, but it's Yuri Perez. And it's because Yuri Perez is not on as many rosters as he should be. He was dropped a lot after he, he got sent down and people dropped him, and then he came back up, had two horrendous starts against Cincinnati and New York. Now, his last time out was six shutout innings with 10 strikeouts against the Dodgers in Los Angeles. Really super impressive. He jumped back up from 62 to 69%, but 69% rostered for a player with his talent. <clears throat> Even if you just look at the surface stats this year, 280, or excuse me, 291 ERA, a 107 whip, 83 Ks in 68 innings. He is going to be a dude. He is a top five dynasty arm. He is it's hard to rank for redraft purposes because he's still so young. But going forward, Yuri Perez is about as exciting as an arm as you're going to find. Even for this year, he has still shown us that he can compete with the big boys. Even in just this 68-inning sample size, he is a top 140 player for the season. He has been excellent. I think the matchup is going to do you favors here against Washington. And the fact that people are kind of starting to zone out and look at football, there's no reason at all he should be under 70% rostered. But because people are starting to realize their teams are cooked, they're focusing more in on football or basketball or whatever it is. Maybe they're heading back to school soon and they're kind of just losing focus. Or maybe they already did go back to school. Uh, you know, kids in the States go back a lot earlier than they do here where I live in Toronto. So maybe some people have just lost interest for a number of different reasons. And there's no reason why Yuri Perez should be available at more than 30% of leagues. So this is going to skew more to the shallow player. <clears throat> Excuse me, in the 8, the 10 team leagues, maybe the odd 12, you get lucky. But this one is for the shallower league players. Again, I know it's late in the season. Roster percentages, I said this either yesterday or the day before. I can't remember which one now. When you do a show every day, they can kind of blend together. But Yuri Perez and anybody, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to gauge real percentages on competitive leagues at this point because people kind of start to zone out. That being said, there's definitely some leagues out there where people are still competitive that he is available in. Even if they're eight or ten team leagues, he is not somebody that should be sitting on waiver wires at all, especially considering this matchup, and especially, especially considering what he just did to the Dodgers uh, last week. So definitely go and take a look and see if you can grab yourself Yuri Perez. There's also the fact that it's been seven days since his last start, so maybe some people, again, just really are not paying attention. Maybe they see, oh, you know, he hasn't started five, six days. What are the Marlins going to do? Are they really competitive? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people have all kinds of different rationales and reasonings behind their decision-making this time of year. There's a chance that you might be able to find Yuri Perez. I'm just saying go do your due diligence and take a look at your waiver wire.
that's it for Saturday. That's really it. I mean, I was going through the slate. There's some guys that you could say are like maybes. Like if you wanted to stream Logan Allen against the Blue Jays, he could. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, sometimes the Blue Jays offense, a lot of the time recently, has been pretty piss poor. I still wouldn't really want to be going for Logan Allen tomorrow. I'm a big Hunter Brown guy. He's going into Detroit, but it's been a pretty miserable season for Hunter Brown. I can't in good faith go out there and recommend it. Again, he could have a great start. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but he's not somebody that I would highlight as like a really good streamer for this weekend. Let's move on to Sunday. Let's talk Mike Clevenger, who, again, I'm not a big Mike Clevenger fan. I've talked about this a number of times on the show. I think he's a pretty shitty dude. That doesn't really matter for our fantasy purposes, though. I've, I've seen it in one league where I drafted Marcelo Zuna in a draft and hold league. I didn't really want to. It just got to the point where he was falling and falling, and I think it got into like the 400 range of picks. And it's like, okay, you know, I, I could use some more power. You know, that story, we've seen how that's gone this year. He's been excellent. And, you know, I'm not going to say no if I win that league because of Marcelo Zuna. As much as it might make us feel kind of shitty inside for some of these players, some players I wouldn't pick up regardless because of certain things. Mike Clevenger, I think, you know, if you want to hold the moral, moral stand, uh, you can do that. But I also think that there's a lot of value to be had in streaming him. First of all, he's playing Oakland. Second of all, he's been really, really good recently. Last time out was a bad start against Seattle. But Seattle has been literally just beating the brakes off of everybody recently. So I'm not going to hold that against him. A 257 ERA over the last month for the season. Only 90 innings pitched, but a 347 ERA, 129 whip. That will play against Oakland. No question in my mind that will play against Oakland. Now, will that be six innings? Will it be seven innings, five innings? I'm not sure. But against Oakland's team, which is, you know, not the greatest, Zach Eloff is really good, and they did have a pretty good night. Uh, I forget it was yesterday, a couple nights ago. Every now and then they have a pretty good game. Zach Eloff's been a nice bright spot. Ryan Nota, Seth Brown, Langoliers. Every now and then you can see some some good bits of production from that lineup. But at the end of the day, uh, they are the worst team in baseball for a reason. Definitely an opportunity to stream with Mike Clevenger, especially the way he has been pitching recently. I wouldn't look too much into that Seattle start. Seattle has been the hottest team in baseball for like a couple months at this point. So anybody running into them can get shit on. And you could see it with, even if it happened with, you know, Spencer Strider, Gosman, Kershaw, Cole, it doesn't really matter. I wouldn't read too much into it right now just because of how hot that team has been. So Mike Clevenger uh, is somebody that I would be taking a look at here for sure. The other option we're going to look at for Sunday is Graham Ashcraft. I become a big Graham Ashcraft guy. I don't think the actual skills are amazing. But I was talking with Eno Saris not too long ago. We were DMing each other, and I asked him a question. Because I was reading the Stuff Plus leaderboard. If you guys aren't familiar with Stuff Plus, you can go to Fangraphs, you can go to Leaders, and you'll see it there. Um, pitch modeling, I believe it's under, if you're looking at the leaderboards for pitchers. I literally thought I was misreading the Stuff Plus leaderboard because Graham Ashcraft was number one. The best stuff in baseball, according to Eno's metric. And I messaged him, and I said, like, this is a genuine question. Am I misreading the leaderboard or something? I don't, I don't check Stuff Plus that often, but when I did, I saw it was Graham Ashcraft, and I think it was Spencer Strider second. And Eno said, yeah, he is – well, his actual quote was, he's the number one guy I really think about. Just two pitches, really bad ballpark. And the way that he phrased it to me is, the way I understand it, he would be a top-five closer in the game immediately, even with his kind of, you know, not great strikeout percentage – uh, that's what Eno thinks. Eno knows a hell of a lot more about pitching than I do, so I definitely defer to what he says. But even as a starter, Graham Ashcraft has been absolutely killer now for a while. If you look at the last month, he's a top 50 player. A whip, nearly a .9. It's .91. His ERA is .257. Now, the strikeouts are not going to be massive for him. He has 100 Ks and 134 innings, 26 over his last 35. But he gets Arizona. 
Arizona is kind of a tricky team to really figure out this year. There's been stretches where they've been very good. There's been stretches where they've been awful. But overall, as an offense, they're pretty middling. They're 10th in runs per game. They're 12th in on base, 12th in slugging. They're 19th in home runs per game. They're in that middle third of the league. They're not, you know, setting the world on fire. They, you know, Corbin Carroll can go off any given night. Christian Walker, you know, Cattell Marte can have good games here. And I mean, Marte's had a very good season. I don't want to minimize what he's done. But overall, this offense is not that great. They're really not. I have no problem streaming a pretty hot Graham Ashcraft against them. He's coming off of a seven-inning game where he allowed two earned runs. Uh, was it two or three? Sorry, three earned runs. But he struck out ten. Did get the victory. So there's definitely some positive movement there in terms of the strikeout percentage. He's also had seven and eight and seven recently, but he's also had two, three, and two in terms of strikeout numbers. It's kind of hard to predict what you're going to get out of him. The team in Arizona, they're okay for contact. They're not like you know, an amazing contact team. If you look at the bats that they've got, if you look at a lot of their on-base percentages, batting averages, they're pretty good at the top of the order. They're not bad. Uh, but Graham Ashcraft is somebody that I would ride right now in that matchup. It's a pretty big ballpark. Should be able to limit home runs. Um, and I think, you know, especially getting away from Great American, that's the his home park. Obviously, that's a big discrepancy there if you look at the home versus away park there uh, for Ashcraft or any Cincinnati pitcher. Shouldn't be worried about giving up as many home runs as you would when you're pitching at home. And you're also looking at a stretch of really strong performances now going back even beyond the last month. You can really go back into June and see how strong he has been. Now, the, for the season, the ERA still at 484. He had a really rough start to the year. But he has figured it out. Really, really like what Graham Ashcraft is doing. So I would be streaming him Sunday at Arizona. So once again, just to recap, Hyunjin Ryu and Yuri Perez tomorrow at Cleveland and Washington, respectively. And then Mike Clevenger versus Oakland and Graham Ashcraft versus Cincinnati on Sunday. Those are the four guys I'm looking at. Again, I'd love to just give you guys 25 options and have everybody you know, be able to grab a good streamer. That's really not the way it works, especially down this time of year. You see a lot of weird starting pitchers start to get going. Um, not even get going, but get opportunities to pitch. Uh, there's a couple of matchups tonight where I was looking at the starting pitchers, and I was like, what the hell? Like, who, who is this? Guys, I, like, I watch baseball religiously, uh, but there's still some guys that will pitch sometimes. Random dudes will pop up this time of year that you have no idea who they are, whether it's because of injuries, whether it's because of call-ups, whatever. And they're just not viable streamers. They dilute the pool of pitchers as a whole. So there's not as many guys as we enter this time of year. But between those four, uh, I think you guys should be able to get one or two really good options, whether you're in shallower leagues or deeper leagues. The guys we talked about today ranging from about 30 to about 70% rostered. So should be able to find somebody there. But that'll do it for us for today and for the week. Again, I really appreciate everybody hanging out. If you haven't done so already, really appreciate you guys hitting us with a five-star slash whatever kind of nice review you guys could leave on the Google, Apple, Spotify page, however you listen to the show. Uh, that would go a long way into helping us boost our numbers here. The numbers are starting to decline a little bit, which is you know definitely expected heading into the offseason. This is my second offseason. We saw it happen last year to a lesser extent. Uh, people stop listening, which will, ha- will happen, absolutely, uh, as, you know, there's no baseball going on. People won't listen to baseball podcasts as much, but we're still going to be here with you every single day throughout the offseason. Maybe we'll take the odd day off here and there. But the plan is to be giving you five podcasts a week, even when there's no baseball going on. So show your support for all the work we're putting in over here. Leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, do all that great stuff. And check us out over at sportsethos.com if you haven't done so already as well. Uh, hit me up over on Twitter. I'm at JoeOrico99. You can find all of our content here at Sports Ethos at Ethos Fantasy BB in terms of our baseball content. 
And that'll wrap it up, you guys. That's enough for me for this week. We'll see you back here on Monday and take a look at all the events of the weekend. But until then, take care, have a great night, and cheers. Cheers.